Welcome to Mock 10 Sports. Glad you could join us for this January 12th episode. Got a lot to cover. We're going to start off with what happened on Monday night. What I mean Monday night, the Georgia TCU National Championship. We're going to talk in Georgia 3-peat, updated portal action, SEC basketball midweek review. We had some good matchups. SEC basketball power rankings will be interesting to see. And then the SEC basketball weekend preview that will be on Saturday. Let's get right into it, though. What we saw on Monday night. As you saw, Georgia absolutely dismantled TCU on Monday night. It was the worst championship game beating I've witnessed, at least in my lifetime. I mean, maybe from a college football standpoint, Alabama, Notre Dame, the 2013 BCS National Championship was similar. But just the style of play back then for college football was a little different. Alabama style. I mean, Alabama, I think, was up 28 to nothing at half in that game. What was it? Georgia was up. 38 to 7. It was so similar, but it just kind of felt like Georgia's was a little bit more of a beat down just overall. And it, and it was, but Alabama kind of shut it down in the second half of that game. But that would be the only game from a college football standpoint I could remember from a national championship that big of a stage where it was that big of a beat down. Uh, there's honestly not a lot to break down in that game. We're not going to sit here and waste your time breaking down that game. You saw it. I saw it. The world saw it. Everyone saw it. Georgia just totally dominating TCU from start to finish. They cut it to 10-7. to 7. After that, it was just over. Um, Georgia, I mean, really, you got to really move on. Was that Georgia was by far, I think, the most complete team that year in a season where I think everyone had holes, including Georgia. And Ohio State somewhat exploited that. But, hey, tip of the cap to Georgia, back-to-back national champions, uh, championships. First time it's been done since 11 and 12 Alabama when Kirby Smart was there. Uh, Georgia, I don't think they're one of the elite teams that you could say the previous four national championship teams were going back to 18 from 18 Clemson, 19 LSU, 20 Alabama, 21 Georgia last year, that elite defense. All four of those teams had elite attributes in my opinion. You had Trevor Lawrence or Clemson. Alabama's team played an all-SEC schedule elite offense, solid defense, uh, 19 LSU, Joe Burrow, uh, elite offense, elite receivers. I think 21 at Georgia last year had an elite defense. Um, but where do we go from here? Is Georgia going to make this a three-peat? Like I said, we're not going to get into a breakdown of this game. It's been broken down. There's not really much to break down. Anyone could have told you. It was uh, looked like a varsity team versus a JV team out there. You can make an argument that TCU deserved to be in at that point. I think they did. They won the semifinal game. I still think Michigan was better than them. I think Michigan gave them every opportunity to win that game. Two pick sixes, fumbles on the goal line. I think they played again. Michigan won that game eight out of ten times, if they just played ten times. Like Ohio State, they were the four seed. If you really wanted to be honest, I don't think they were as good as Alabama and Tennessee when Tennessee's healthy with Hendon Hooker. But let's go to Georgia's schedule for 23. Just wanted to go over this real quick. Just I would be I would put a ton of money. Georgia doesn't lose a game next year in the regular season. Opens up with UT Martin, then Ball State, South Carolina at home, UAB at home, at Auburn, Kentucky, at Vandy, bye week, Florida and Jacksonville, Missouri at home, Ole Miss at home, at Tennessee, and at Georgia Tech. Only chance, in my opinion, for really them to drop a game would be at Tennessee. So far from now, November 18th, tough to predict. But right now, if I'm a bet man, Georgia's not losing in 23 until they get to the potential of the SEC Championship Playoff National Championship. It's just, it, I mean, how could they? I mean, we, the out-of-conference, I know some, it's not their fault, the out-of-conference. They were supposed to play Oklahoma next year in a non-conference game. SEC moved that because I think they were supposed to play this year, a return trip to Norman. I think somehow I was reading tw- 2031, maybe? 2031? Um 
they canceled it because Oklahoma moving in the league. So some of it's not Georgia's fault, but they went out and replaced it, I think, with Ball State. Not not a great schedule for the Bulldogs. At worst, I can only imagine them having one loss. Right now, that would look like maybe late at Tennessee. Georgia's going to go undefeated for a third straight regular season. They're going to go 12-0 again. I, I, I would be baffled if it did not happen. I would be baffled. So Georgia is going to be in the playoffs again and have a right to defend their back-to-back national championships. I would be baffled. If you want to go do a future bet, put it on Georgia going undefeated. I'm telling you, I feel really good about that. I feel really good about I feel as good about that as me waking up in the morning, turning on the shower, brushing my teeth, the sun rising. I feel very confident in saying that. They got some question marks, but the schedule is very soft. I said it going into this year. Georgia was going to be 12-0. I had Alabama winning the national championship. I had Georgia in the playoffs. I had them losing to Bama in the SEC championship. Knock them down to the three um, seed. I had, Again, I had Georgia going 12-0. The schedule in the East right now is not great. It's really not. I mean, look, you got Tennessee, who's the only team I think can compete with them. Florida is struggling themselves. Kentucky loses some of their better players. Uh, Missouri's Missouri. Vandy's Vandy. Um we got South Carolina's losing some of their better players. Spencer Rattler's coming back. But still, that game's at Georgia next year. Georgia's not going to lose a game next year. They're, they're just not. Uh, just, wanted to, so just wanted to approach that. If you're looking to, towards building on your child's college fund, I'm giving you free money today by giving you Georgia will go 12-0. Go put it in the bank next year, 2023 season. Georgia will be in the playoffs. They'll be 12-0. First chance they have to lose will be in the SEC championship game. Moving on, portal action out there. It's still going, guys. It closes the 15th, January 15th. Walker Howard, quarterback at LSU, legacy, entering the portal yesterday. I called it, talking to some buddies inside that program. They felt good about him going through the spring. You think about it, Jaden Daniels is back. Garrett Nussmeyer looks like it'll be Garrett Nussmeyer's job after Jaden Daniels. Walker Howard, the freshman, good player from Louisiana. He's entering the portal. I, I thought that they may go through the spring and then transfer, but you know what? He's trying to go win a job next year. From what I'm hearing, it is down to TCU, and depending on what Jaden Rashada does with the whole Florida situation, NIL, we'll cover that later as more facts come out. But it looks like he's down to TCU in Florida right now for Walker Howard, so kind of be paying attention to that. Anthony Lucas, defensive tackle from Texas A&M, commits to USC, so he'll be playing for Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch out there in L.A. And then Jordan Birch, you saw the big one, when South Carolina's better, they're one of the top two defensive players, if not the best, for South Carolina. Had a relationship with his primary recruiter at Georgia and Dan Lanning. Well, Dan Lanning's now the head coach at um, Oregon. Jordan Birch heading to Oregon. Big get for the Ducks out west. You don't see a lot of guys like that. Uh, out there in the Pac-12 in the trenches. You like that. Great get for Oregon and that staff. But those are the big portal updates from guys either leaving the SEC, going elsewhere. Um, it really, right now, there's no one that entered it or that really committed it uh, here in the last two days to an SEC school. Uh, but those are the three guys leaving it, the big name guys. Walker Howard, like I said, looks like it'll be TCU, Florida, Anthony Lucas, D-Tackle, Texas A&M to USC, and then Jordan Birch. Probably one of the biggest on the defensive end, South Carolina to Oregon with Dan Lanning. That'll be something interesting to keep an eye on. These guys with the formal relationships, they really liked to these guys, but chose elsewhere. And then everybody's moving around, shuffling. You know what? I really like Dan Lanning. Was a good personal coach, young guy, brings energy, knows a lot about defense, been with some of the great ones, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. You know what? I, and, I, and I like the Oregon brand out there. I'm going to get a lot of stuff from Oregon, the Nike gear, go compete for a Pac-12 conference title. Not probably going to do that at South Carolina. 
do I like it? No. Do I see his side of it? Absolutely. Do I see Oregon's side of it going to get a guy that you can rekindle that relationship with? Absolutely. It's a little chestnut checkers, guys. As I always say there's a strategy to it. But now we're flipping sports. Let's flip sports. Let's head to the hardwood. The SEC basketball midweek review. Let's start off with the games on Tuesday. Biggest upset in the league so far this year. We got South Carolina getting the 71-68 win over the Kentucky Wildcats in Rupp. I don't think Cal can come back from this one. I'll be honest with you. This is an awful loss. This is the worst Kentucky loss in my lifetime, if you want to be honest. If you factor in how bad the South Carolina team is right now. South Carolina currently after the Kentucky win, is still 242nd in the net rankings. That is after the Kentucky win, like I mentioned. Let that sink in for you. Besides the offense not incorporating the guards, it's piss poor. The effort from the overall team was just non-existent. They have no time to get it right as well. I mean, they're heading to Knoxville this weekend for an early tip-off, I believe, at 11 a.m. in the central time zone at Tennessee. Looks like it would be a great game going into the season. I mean, how does... (laughs) It's baffling. I don't. I don't know if you can come back from that. Cal may be dialing up the line for Texas right now. Um, they have the talent to turn around. They will. I, you keep leaning. They are, but they're on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament right now. What, what is their big quality win? What is their big quality win? Michigan in London. That's probably it. I mean, Kentucky's not a tournament team right now. They have to get it turned around. Very lazy offensive approach. Man, I, I don't know. It's a bad loss for Kentucky. Where do they go from there? Moving to Auburn, Auburn gets a solid road win, beats Ole Miss at the Pavilion 82-73 on Tuesday night. Auburn, like I said, solid road win. It's a big deal for a team that struggled on the road all year. Auburn still, they are who they are. They're not shooting well from three, 28% from beyond the arc. They did, however, limit the turnovers against the Kermit Davis squad that has traditionally given Bruce Pearl and his Auburn team some troubles. Auburn's won, but it's usually... Uh, a rock fight, as I keep hearing this term being thrown around on ESPN. Uh, but Auburn continues to be who they, who they are. Bruce Pearl kind of said it going into the year. They, they're inconsistent shooters. They're going to shoot well at home in their own building at Neville. They're going to shoot well. On the road, they're going to struggle. The only guy that shows up night in, night out so far is Janai Broom. And every now and then, you're giving an Alan Flanagan just breakout party and, and a Wendell Green breakout party at times. And you're going to have Katie Johnson doing dumb stuff. That, that, that's essentially what sums up Auburn. And they're better at it at home, road. They're, if they can go steal a couple in the mid-tier teams, they're going to have a solid conference record. They really are. I think the league, once you get past the 5, 6, maybe 7 mark, drops off a little bit. But this is an Auburn team that went and lost to Georgia. But granted, that Georgia team hadn't lost a home game all year. Um, I feel like Auburn, I know what I'm getting night and night out. I just told you. I trust Janine Broom. Alan Flanagan's going to have a come out. Wendell Green's going to shoot threes every now and then. They're going to turn the ball over a lot. They're not going to shoot well overall as a team. But one night in Neville Arena, they're going to go off and be 7 for 10 between Green, Jasper, and Johnson at some point. They really are. Uh, again, big for Auburn, it really determines where the game is at. And then Florida getting the 67-56 road win at LSU. Turnovers killed the Tigers here. They committed 16 turnovers, and that turned into 23 points off turnovers for uh, for Florida. LSU currently living and dying by the three. On Tuesday, it finished 5 for 28 from the three. Colin Castleton. Is usually this is why Florida's got a chance in every game. Is usually a top two or three player on the entire floor, and in some games he is the best. He's a very savvy, intelligent basketball player. Oh, and he had five blocks the other night as well. Uh, he is why Florida, like I said, has a chance in every game. If they could get hot, go win 11, 12 conference games, maybe. Um, but they have to keep winning games like at LSU. I don't. I don't. I think they're going to have too bad of a non-conference uh, showing to really get in the tournament. They're going to be flirting with the bubble all year. 
Uh, they'll take it into the probably the SEC tournament in Nashville to determine if they would even have a chance. It's early to be talking about that, but those are kind of the teams. We'll get into the power rankings here in a bit and talk about that, but those are kind of the teams. Florida, A&M, Missouri, if Missouri fell off a little bit, do they Georgia maybe, do they start kind of creeping in that conversation of being on the bubble from the SEC? Then going to the next game over in Knoxville, the Tommy, the Tommy Bowl, Thompson Bowl Arena. Tennessee got the 77-68 win over Vanderbilt. Vandy took a two-point lead into halftime on the break on Tuesday night. feels like Vandy always just plays teams like Alabama and Tennessee hard. Uh, Stackhouse always has his teams ready for those games. Tennessee came out firing in the second half, however, though, shooting 42.45.2% overall in the last 20 minutes of the game. Again, Tennessee with the highest floor in the league, in my opinion. Very smart, uh, basketball-intelligent guys. I do think Alabama's more talented uh, overall, I have the higher ceiling. But the defense for Tennessee is really good. It travels. you got a chance to beat anyone any night with them. Granted, the Colorado game was, I think, a little bit of an anomaly. But they just could not shoot the ball into the ocean from the beach that day. So I'm going to give them a one-off from that one. Tennessee bouncing back in the second half after playing poorly in the uh, first half. That's kind of Tennessee, though, I feel like. They'll, they'll be lulled to sleep against some of the bad teams. But against good teams, man, like I said, even that Arizona game they lost. I trust Tennessee in bigger games than I do in smaller games against like the Vanderbilts, um, the Georgias, those type of games. I know they beat South Carolina by 40, but South Carolina is not good. And they'll be like, well, Dave, they just beat Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky's not very good either. Let's call it what it is. Um, it'll be interesting how Tennessee takes on this Kentucky game going into Thompson Bowen Arena that on um, Saturday morning. We'll preview that here in a bit. Um but it'll be interesting, their mindset, because Kentucky's not great right now. But still, they have that big blue uh, lettering on their chest that says Kentucky. I anticipate Tennessee to be pretty fired up for that. Moving on to Wednesday night's action. Last night, Alabama defeats Arkansas 84-69. Really impressed with the Tide last night. Bama ended Arkansas' 17-game home winning streak at Bud Walton. Mark Sears has been elite the last week and a half, and honestly through conference play. Brandon Miller is by far the best player for Alabama. There's no doubt about it. But Sears and Clowney are kind of glue guys right now for him. Arkansas cut the lead to two with 445 left. I'm sitting there thinking, this game's going to come down to the wire. Alabama called a timeout. Bama had an inbound. One of the better inbound half-court possessions I've seen Nato to draw up in his time at Bama. But Bama came out of that timeout like an assassin that was ready to, you know what? We've been going with you a little bit. I've been cre- I- I've been watching you. It's time. It's time to go get the job done and get the kill. Bama went on an 11 and 11-0 run in 50 seconds to close out the game. You could tell in Eric Musselman's postgame he did not expect the start slow start off in conference play. Obviously with Nick Smith Jr., who's supposed to be back probably in February, and then the season in the injury for Trevon Brazil. The one and three start to this year, and you were without your top two out of your three players for an extended period of time. Frustrating for Eric Musselman. They were in this boat last year, minus the injuries. They started off 0-3 in conference. Can they do it again? I don't think at that level where they're going to go roll off 11 to their last 12 or whatever they did last year. I mean, in the second half, Bama just packed it in, made Arkansas take 16-footers, and they struggled. I mean, at some point, is Arkansas going to mix in because they have no outside shooting? They bring in Joseph Pinion, who had a great showing against Missouri. Kind of got him going. They, they kind of need his spark plug because teams, teams are going to pack it in the middle and just let them shoot themselves out of games. That's what they're going to do until they show they can shoot, and I don't think they can do it. I mean, Debo Davis is going to shoot a little bit. Johnson's going to shoot a little bit. I mean, Ricky Council is a scorer, but he's not a shooter. They, they have no shooters besides Pinion. They need to try to get him in the lineup here. And a closing thought on this game, like I said, Big road win for Alabama. Bama's got three top 25 road wins this year at Arkansas, at Houston, at Mississippi State at the time. 
the referee, the officiating last night was awful. I don't. I'm not a guy who usually picks on officiating. I'm not. I'm usually not. I usually it's on the team. You either win and lose. The teams win and lose the games themselves for the most part. But, but they did not allow any team to really get into a flow. They really did. Alabama overcame that though, and I think that shows Alabama kind of has a mental toughness, swagger, some crap about them this year that a lot of national championship teams have had in the past. So watch out for the tide. People keep asking, is Bama a truly a national title contender? Absolutely. Alabama has as good of a chance as anybody, if probably not a top three chance right now. I mean, look at UConn, a team that beat Alabama back in November. They lost three of the last four. I'm taking Alabama right now. So for if I keep seeing these articles and these conversations coming up about is Alabama a national title threat, you don't have to do some big segment on it. I'll answer it for you real quick. Yes. Moving on to Athens. We got Georgia getting the 58-50 win at home against Mississippi State at Stegman Coliseum. Georgia undefeated at home this year. Mike White's squad off to a great start. On the flip side, Mississippi State just cannot score the basketball. They're the classic. Could not shoot the ball into the ocean from the beach right now. Both teams shot 29% and 29.8% from the field last night. Not necessarily filling up the bucket, the bucket last night. Either team, either Bulldog team. The difference in this game, though, from going back and watching it, looking at some box scores, was State shooting 31% from the free throw line to Georgia's 80%. You're never going to win many games at that, especially in a low-scoring eight-point uh, differential game. I'm not splitting Adams, but like I said, you're not going to score many games, win many games scoring 50 points. And if you're Georgia, you're not going to win many games scoring 58 either. J- Chris Jans has to get this fixed. This State team would make some of Avery Johnson's teams at Alabama blush the way they score. They really would. Georgia struggles to score at times as well, but Georgia's putting itself in a spot to get on the bubble here soon. Just telling you, they really they really are. I don't think they will ultimately get into the tournament, but I think they'll be in the NIT. And then finally, the last game of the midweek, Texas A&M getting their fifth straight win in an 82-64 win against Missouri. A&M held Missouri to their lowest scoring game of the season. Mizzou came in second in the country in scoring 87 points per game. A&M held this offense to 11 points without a bucket. Now, Missouri fought back, cut it to four. I, I like Missouri. I like what Dennis Gates does. They're going to fight. They're going to go on a run every game. You may get up on them, but they're going to go on some run, uh, if, whether it's the beginning, middle, end of the game. But it was just too much to overcome once they cut it to four. A&M went on a 29-15 run in the final nine minutes and made their money at the free throw stripe like they usually do under Buzz Williams, making 13 straight free throws to end the game. Missouri will be fine. They just got to take care of their business, and I think they'll ultimately be in the tournament. I kind of like them right now. I, I, again, it took me a while to be sold with them until the Kentucky game, um, or sorry, until until the Arkansas game really last week when they went to Fayetteville, but they competed so hard, were up so big. Uh, just winning at Arkansas is tough. It really is. But how about A&M and Buzz Williams doing what they did last year, start off hot in conference play? I'm fully anticipating a losing streak, them getting hot at the end of the year. They'll be on the bubble. But again, the non-conference schedule that was very weak and your performance against that weak non-conference schedule is going to ultimately probably leave the Aggies out, and they have no one else to blame but themselves. Maybe next year, Buzz Williams will finally start scheduling some tough out-of-conference games. So when you lose four or five games, it doesn't hurt you like it would go into a tournament in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, or in Conway, South Carolina, wherever that tournament was at Thanksgiving week, and losing to some games you had no business losing to. Uh, but let's get to, the con- let's get to the power rankings right now. Coming at number one for me in the SEC basketball power rankings, Alabama, they're fifth in the Kim Palm, sixth in the net rankings. Coming at number two, Tennessee, 
coming in at number two in the Ken Palm, number two in net rankings. I think those two teams are in a tier by themselves. I heard Bruce Pearl today on the next round with Jim Dunaway and them and Lance Taylor. Uh, he, he clearly said that. He's like, right now in our league, we clearly have two teams that are in a tier by themselves in Alabama and Tennessee. I agree with him. Then I think Auburn coming in at three, 18th in the Ken Palm, 30th in net. Arkansas coming at fourth for me, 15th in Ken Palm, 20th in net rankings. Then I got Missouri coming at 52nd in Ken Palm, 46th in net rankings. A&M coming in at sixth for me, 64th in Ken Palm, 74th in the net rankings. Florida coming in at seventh for me, 49th in Ken Palm, 57th in the net. They have some room to improve, but they're going to have some opportunities. Florida, be watching out. Uh, eighth, the Georgia Bulldogs, 89th in Ken Palm, 104th in net. Kentucky coming in at 9th at 44th in Ken Palm, 63rd in net. LSU at 10th, 90th in Ken Palm, 100th in net. It's going to be tough for LSU. The non-conference is really bad, too. Uh, L- Mississippi State still in it. They've been struggling recently since conference play, but Ken Palm and their net rankings are not terrible. 51st in Ken Palm for Mississippi State and 49th in the net rankings. Still some work to do, but they're not far off. Uh, Ole Miss coming in at 80th in Ken Palm, 100th in net. Vanderbilt 96th and Ken Palm 107th in net. South Carolina with a horrific 208th and Ken Palm 245th in the net rankings. Just kind of the tiers here in my opinion right now. I think Alabama and Tennessee and Auburn are in. I think they're going to make the tournament for sure. I, I, I think Arkansas for sure will be in as well. Missouri most likely unless they stub their toe at some point. I think they're going to be in. I think those five teams are I would say four, really. Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, Arkansas. I feel very confident. Very, when I say very confident, I mean like a 90, 95%. Obviously, Alabama and Tennessee are better than that. But like everybody else, for the most part, 90% going to get in. Missouri, still sitting there, I think 70, 75%. They could stub their toe again, fall off, lose some games late where they're out of the turn. But I do like them to get in right now. The two teams that are on the bubble, being bubblicious right now, are my sixth and seventh teams. Texas A&M, again, 64th in Kim Palm, 74th in Nets. So they got some work to do. Florida, 49th in Ken Palm, 57th in net. The good thing for Texas A&M, hear me out now, though. Between the two teams, I think they're competing for that fifth spot, Missouri, A&M, and Florida, for Texas A&M's perspective. They've beaten both of them here in the past week. They beat Florida on the road last week. Remember, they forgot their jerseys. And they beat Missouri last night at home. So they're going in the Missouri and Florida play this week. We're kind of getting a little bit of a round robin here between these five through seven teams, I think, that are going to be fighting for some of those eight, nine, ten, ten seed spots in the NCAA tournament. Uh, like I went through the rankings here. I really don't see the SEC getting more than six. I see a lot of projections out there, Joe Lenardi included, with seven. But, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have Bama, LSU, Auburn, Arkansas, probably get a fifth team in. But between – Missouri A&M, Florida, two of those three teams are going to have to step up. Kentucky, we're not even to them yet. They still are solid in rankings, 44th in Kim Palm, 63rd in net. They're going to probably, I would lean towards them, kind of turn it on, getting it in. Georgia, I don't think has the offense to get in. LSU, just so bad right now in the rankings, 90th in Kim Palm, 101st in net. The non-conference is so bad, they're 1-3 and three now. They go to Tuscaloosa this weekend. That doesn't look great. Um, they have a lot of work to do. They would have to go probably still win like this. Uh, Saturday in Tuscaloosa. They're going to have some work to do. Mississippi State, still decent in the rankings. I think they're ultimately going to miss it and be in the NIT. And I think Ole Miss, Vandy, and South Carolina have no chance unless they just got on a hot streak and win the SEC tournament, which, again, I think that's zero chance as well. So breaking down the league, though, like I said, I think five feel good right now. A two feel very good. 
And I think the old league ultimately right now would get five or six. I think ultimately you're going to see around five, six range. I personally don't see seven getting in, unfortunately. I thought seven, eight, maybe going into the season, looking more like five to six right now from the SEC getting into the 2023 NCAA tournament, in my opinion. Weekend preview. Let's go for it. Another great weekend slate of college basketball, leading it off the 11 a.m. tip-off, Kentucky at Tennessee on ESPN. I mean, this has been a good rivalry. I mean, Rick Barnes, John Cal- Calipari. At some point, you're thinking Kentucky's going to turn around. Are they going to get motivated and go play well at Thompson Bowling Arena? Could they? Absolutely. Will they? I'm going to lean towards no. History keeps telling me they're not. You know what? I'm going to take Tennessee in double digits in this one. I really am. Uh, the, it should be a good matchup, though. This is a game Tennessee can't afford to lose because they got a little bit easier of a conference schedule than Alabama does. They get some of their better opponents at home. They got the they got the schedule advantage. They get Alabama at home in February. So think about that. These are games Tennessee does not want to be losing because Alabama is, I mean, they're even right now, but from a schedule advantage, Tennessee has the advantage. Like I said, they get their better opponents at home. And they get Alabama at home. And they only play once. Um Going to the next one, Georgia at Ole Miss, 12 p.m. Central Time Zone on SEC Network. Georgia's the better team. Ole Miss usually plays better at home, as we saw against Tennessee and Auburn. Uh, Give me Ole Miss. Give me Ole Miss in this one. I'd probably take Ole Miss in this one. Interesting matchup. Georgia needs this one. They can't lose this game. Ole Miss, I mean, it's looking rough right now for Kermit Davis. I don't see him making it after this season. This should be his last season. Then you got the 1 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone tip-off. Arkansas at Vanderbilt. Arkansas needs to get this win on the road. They need to bounce back here. They really do. They got a lot of winnable games here in their next 8 to 10 games. And they're starting off with this one. They need to go to Nashville and get this win. You got the 2.30 tip-off um, on Central Standard Time Zone. Missouri at Florida. Like I said, the little three-round match between that 5-7 one. This is an under-the-radar game in the SEC this year. Both teams need this. Both teams need this. It'll be interesting. Um... Kind of like Missouri, man. They just keep surprising me each game I watch them. I kind of like Missouri. Scrappy bunch, defend well, playing up tempo style. I like it. I really do right now. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give Missouri this one in that much needed five through seven win for them. Florida between them, Florida and A and M. A and M's already beat both of them. Uh, then the 3 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone tip off on ESPN. LSU travels to Tuscaloosa. LSU. Uh, got the big win uh, to open up conference play against Arkansas, but it's kind of dropped games at Kentucky um, and at A&M and then to Florida this midweek. So they're kind of reeling right now. Uh, their rankings in the Kempon and net rankings are not good. This would be a game that could really help them. I don't think they get it done in Coleman Coliseum against a really, 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 really good Alabama team. Give me the tide in this one. 5 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone tip-off. Texas A&M at South Carolina, SEC Network. How does South Carolina bounce back after a big win at Rupp? Uh, Texas A&M needs this one. Can't be afforded to drop in this one, especially if you drop some early in non-con. You have to get this win if you're Buzz Williams in Texas A&M. And then finally, the nightcap, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone tip-off. Mississippi State travels to Neville Arena to face the Auburn Tigers on the SEC Network. Again, it's a quadruple header day on the SEC Network. All day SEC basketball. It's going to be great. But this game particularly, Mississippi State at Auburn. Mississippi State just cannot score the basket basketball, and Auburn plays extremely well at home, plays good defense. They will just outscore Mississippi State here. Auburn would literally have to shoot, them, shoot themselves out of this game to lose this game. If it was at Mississippi State, I still would probably take Auburn just because they do not score the basket. But it being at Auburn, Auburn usually plays a lot better there, forces some turnovers. I think State doesn't do, though. They just don't get a lot of shots. They usually just get one. They don't make a lot. They're horrid from the free throw line. I just don't see any way State goes to Auburn and wins this game. I like the Tigers here. 
But no, we got a, we got a great week. Football's officially wrapped up. We'll get into some senior bowl stuff later. Obviously, we'll get into some draft stuff. But it's really hooked on basketball right now. We should have a great guest for you next week. Yeah, I think this one's going to shock you. A former college coach, former national recruiter of the year, as it stands right now, will be on the show at some point, either Tuesday or Thursday next week. I'll keep you updated on that. But again, I appreciate you joining us for this episode. I hope you have a great weekend. Keep following us on Mach 10 Sports for the best information on SEC sports.